Welcome to the 369th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with August Norman, author of the novel Sins of the Mother. Stay tuned for the interview. The Reading and Writing Podcast is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro.fm lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 185,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, but you'll be part of a different story one that supports your local community and your local bookstore. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. You can listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, your local bookseller. Here's your special offer from the Reading and Writing Podcast. Get two audiobooks for the price of one today with your first month of membership with the code RWPODCAST at checkout. This offer is only valid for new members in Canada and the U.S., Check out Libro.fm today. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is August Norman, author of the new novel, Sins of the Mother, the second book featuring the lead character, Caitlin Bergman. August, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Uh, Excited to be here. Great. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about your novel, Sins of the Mother, yet, how would you describe the novel? This is the second novel in a series, but you don't really need to know that. It follows Caitlin Bergman, a female investigative journalist who's a Los Angeles native who grew up the only daughter of a mostly single cop. Uh, and it, out of the blue, she gets a call. And this is a woman in her mid-40s. But in, out of the blue, she gets a call saying that a sheriff in a small town in Oregon has found a body which they believe to be her birth mother. Now, Caitlin has a complicated history with her birth mother. That is, she knows she was put up for adoption and uh, the woman tried to contact her once in her life, but he sort of, she sort of resented this woman her whole life. So she goes up to Oregon to find not only was this woman possibly member of a cult, um, a doomsday cult, but that she also may have been harboring a, a runaway um, daughter of a white supremacist organization in the area. So it's it's a it's an exploration of family, uh, all within the guise of a thriller set amidst a cult uh, of a religion I built myself. And so, do you remember the original idea that led you to write Sins of the Mother? Well, yeah, uh, my wife and I recently uh, began our own family, and uh, there was some planning and a lot of uh, introspection on that end, and and we were very much talking about what makes good parents, what we think makes good family and, and the idea of the families you choose versus the families um, that you're born into. And uh, so I, I desperately, not desperately, but I, I, I was definitely thinking a lot about uh, family and, and having established Caitlin's family in the previous book, come and get me. Um, not that again, not that you would need to read that book in order to appreciate sins of the mother, 
But I, I knew I was already playing with some factors, which included the fact that she never knew her birth mother. Um, on this, on the other side, I, I've definitely been, uh, maybe it's the state of the world as we know it, but uh, I've been very bothered by the concept of cognitive dissonance. So that is, how do people, how do people believe something even after it's been proven demonstrably false, such as flat earthers? You know, you can use simple geometry to prove that the earth is round, let alone your eyes. But, you know, there's still people who believe things like that. So, of course, that that takes you to the world of cults, um, uh, you know, any re- extreme religious organization that that causes people to do things that are detrimental to their own survival uh, in the name of others. Um, and, and again, the research of all that kind of it still hits home that that's just a different type of family. Uh, so the two the two uh, worlds coming together was really what I wanted to explore. And so what are your earliest memories of reading in books? Well, um, for the, <laughs> they're definitely Hardy Boys, uh, Nancy Drew, um, Sherlock Holmes, the, the, the complete unabridged Sherlock Holmes uh, tome was one of the first books my uh, grandmother gave me. And uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie that before that there was Richard Scarry and uh, where the wild things are and um, all the, you know, busy town books. Um, so I, my, my mom was a teacher. Um, I, I read nonstop from an early age. Um, and so I, I mostly discovered things through mystery, though, uh, and crime fiction, mostly because um, also beyond the reading, my family's TV watching um, tended to be, you know, one hour mysteries such as uh, from all ranges. You know, we had your Jessica Fletcher, Murder, She Wrote, your Magnum P.I.s, your Fall Guy, your uh, Hardcastle and McCormick. Um, so I really enjoyed that world of uh, crime fiction, uh, whether it was on TV or in books. And so as I matured, um, and, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I, I definitely tried to read a lot of the classics as well as tried, uh, I mean, I had a huge choose your own adventure phase. Um, but the, the books that that seemed to call out to me, especially in my teens, were Stephen King books, uh, as well as Tom Clancy and uh, and it, that was sort of it for a while until uh, after college. And so beyond those early books and that early interest in reading, what was your path to writing? Um, what led you to, to writing your first novel, Come and Get Me? And had you written early, earlier novels or, or short stories? I had always written um, – from say middle school on uh, and through high school, I'd always done a fair amount of creative writing and journaling, though I was never focused in that direction. Um, when I went to uh, the, somewhere in a landfill in Indiana, there is a spiral notebook with the beginnings of uh, a first, my first attempt at a thriller novel. Um, and my handwriting so bad that I'm sure no one could make sense of it anyway. Uh, but l- it, luckily no one will ever find that. Um, when I went through college, I, I studied playwriting and screenwriting and journalism. And, um, so I, I moved to Hollywood, uh, when I was 22 with the idea that I might be an actor, I might be in a rock band, I might be, uh, a screenwriter and that world sort of all came together. Uh, so I hadn't really played with like the novel or the short story, uh, much at that point. Um, it, somewhere in my twenties, uh, I was doing a lot of uh, short films at the time um, with friends, and I had a director friend who who pitched me the idea of of a uh, of a murder mystery, essentially. 
And I said, yes, I, I love this genre. I've always wanted to write something. So I, I fleshed out a whole screenplay with some characters I loved and I gave it to him. And he's like, nah, it's not what I was thinking. I'm like, well, I, <laughs> I love this so much that I'm going to try to novelize it. So, and that was probably in, not until my thirties. Um, and so I started trying to do that. I novelized that screenplay and, uh, it's, it's, it's out there. It's, uh, um, and uh, and what I did at that time was I'm like, well, I don't know anything about the genre. I mean, since since college, I definitely picked up all of Raymond Chandler and Dashiell Hammett. And I'd gone back and discovered Ross McDonald, you know, uh, Walter Mosley. Uh, I'd gone Laurie Arkeen. I, I definitely started reading, but I hadn't really read in the modern genre. So I started going to use bookstores and I would just find out which authors had the most titles. Um, and I would start picking them. And if I liked them, I'd, I'd read, try to find the first in a series. And then I'd read the entire series. Uh, I definitely read something like 52 books in that first year, uh, where I was really trying to understand the current genre. Uh, and that included a lot of Robert Craze, Harlan Coben, uh, Jeffrey Deaver, uh, Kathy Reichs, uh, uh, Karen Slaughter. Uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, well, anyway, uh, and so I really, I really became a voracious reader then. It wasn't until I'd written a novel that I were like, well, I don't really know anything about this world. Um, and so that's, that's when my reading really kicked up. And I still read at that pace. Um, I, I read a fair amount. And uh, so, so that first uh, final novel, I probably finished that in 2007. However, then I started really refining it and learning about the industry, learning about the craft. Um, you know, beyond showing it to family members, I started going to writers' conferences. Uh, so I, I, I adopted the Santa Barbara Writers Conference. It was it was near Los Angeles, and they had agent pitch meetings. Um, and then uh, and then I sort of found my tribe there, as you might say. Uh, and so I learned where I was in the market, but that was one of the wonderful things about any conference that has say read and critique or an MFA program, if you happen to have that, but if, if that idea of like, you can hear where everyone is in their level of expertise and skill, and you can kind of judge yourself realistically. Um, so not only did I meet a lot of mentors, um, but I also got a good sense of how I was doing. And so that first novel um, which was based on that screenplay originally, actually did include the character Caitlin Bergman, um, however, in a supporting role. And that novel uh, went out uh, eventually after almost 10 years of from initial screenplay to when it was finally ready for the market. Um, that I mean, I'm sure the two, the two versions are almost you know, not recognizable if you put them side by side. But that, that went out with an agent. I, I had an agent. Uh, we went out with that novel for a bit. And then a lot of life happened and uh, I ended up with another agent <laughs> and um, and he also took out that novel and we got some wonderful rejections. But in the meantime, I had started this idea uh, for Come and Get Me, um, the first Caitlin Bergman novel. And uh, and I said, hold off, let's not you know dilute the waters anymore. I, I think this other novel will be much stronger and uh, much better for the market uh, as well as just a better piece of art. And so... Um, the success of that uh, led to uh, the first Caitlin Bergman novel being sold, Come and Get Me, as well as the follow-up novel, Sins of the Mother. Great. Well, um, I know that you mentioned that you were in L.A. and that you were doing short films. I'm curious, in terms of your screenwriting, did you, did you ever work in the industry and work on either TV or any um 
Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Features. I've definitely worked as an actor in the industry, as mm-hmm. well as um, I still do uh, a fair amount of stage comedy. Um, that is improv and sketch comedy. Uh, I I was very much one of those writers who had a stack of screenplays he never showed anybody. Um, I, I wouldn't. I say that I had some writing partners. We were hip pocketed at various agencies, and you know we were pitched fairly often. But it, I didn't. I had a fear of rejection that somehow stopped me from trying and sure. uh, and so i again I, I i may have had like say 10 screenplays and somebody be like well did you get an agent and you're like i didn't really try uh <laughs> you know like well has anyone seen these screenplays they're like no but i'm just doing it so um it wasn't until the novel that i felt that i felt um that i that was i wanted to go a hundred percent at it um so yes um i mean i'd written so- commercials and stuff that have aired and i'd been in a lot of commercials and various things um but again, it wasn't until the novel where I really pushed that professional envelope. So the screenplays, were those genre um, thrillers, mysteries? Uh, a lot of comedy, actually. I, uh, comedy. I came up through comedy and um, my wife as well. And uh, I, I was in a lot of sketch comedy groups. There was a lot of like, oh, are we going to pitch for SNL or Mad TV? You know, that kind of stuff. So um it, it was much more comedic. It wasn't really until that uh, that first screen that that particular screenplay where I shifted off by myself in, into a much more serious. Uh, I mean, there's definitely comedy throughout my writing, but into a much more serious tone. Sure. Well, you mentioned earlier that a big plot element in Sins of the Mother is this cult. I'm wondering what kind of research did you do into cults? And did you perhaps talk to anyone face to face who had maybe left a cult? I yes and yes. Um, the answer is we went real heavy into documentaries, of course. Uh, now, above all times, uh, there are more access to to fascinating documentaries without leaving the house, as well as uh, several memoirs and uh, studies uh, based on you know cults and fringe religions. Um, so yeah, I, I had a, a fairly decent research phase, and uh, the cult that I've created, the Daughters of God, is a is the culmin is the combination of about five real extreme religious organizations, uh, which I will not name because some of them are active currently and are very litigious. But um, the, but yeah, I mean, in the and as and you asked about um, uh, survivors, I. I being in Hollywood, you do meet people who have joined, say, one major name brand that you, they would argue is not a cult and other people <laughs> um, uh, And I, I've definitely spoken to people that I, I've seen 
parts of the industry affected by that. And uh, that was a, a, a factor, but not, not necessarily the driving factor. And then, yes, uh, um, I was familiar through a writer's conference with at least one uh, survivor who um, had written a memoir as well. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's um, I, I, I should say that I am, I'm writing about this and, and almost talking about it with a bit of fun, but it, the, that world is a horribly destructive world that, uh, leaves if people are able to survive financially um, and, and come out the other side, they still might face um, a lifetime of therapy and uh, they attempt to mentally reprogram themselves uh, so that they don't end up committing suicide uh, or, or just spending their lifetime on horrible depression. Got it. Um, so I'm curious, uh, how does writing a novel differ from the many screenplays that you wrote? And how did your experience writing those screenplays impact you as you started working on novels? I'll start with how they impacted me. Um, the great thing about a screenplay is it ends up being about a hundred page outline with dialogue for a novel. Uh, that is, you you know your you know your plot. You've you, so you not only have you established the story, but you've actually outlined a plot, uh, which means and you know in this scene this happens this and just linear goes down the line. So that if you were to use that, it's just like the world's best outline. Um, uh, different than so so obviously novelists and uh, short story writers know one of the strengths of of fiction is that ability to internalize in a screenplay you're not allowed to say what the act what the character is thinking you have to show it in action so while that's while that's very important um that ability to show and of course not tell uh i was I, one of the notes i was constantly given was like um go into their head a little more uh really you know you can go ahead and say what they're thinking like um so that that freedom to really get into, I write in a, a third person, um, uh, a limited point of view. So I don't, I, I you know, I'm not all over the place, but um, still that that uh, that ability to play with um, internal monologue um, and to and to know when and where to turn it off. Uh, that's been a lot of fun, and that's what I love about uh, novel length fiction. Sure. Well, I know, as you um, mentioned earlier, of going to uh, various writers conferences and doing many rewrites on um, <laughs> your first novel. I'm curious, uh, when you started devoting yourself to writing novels, were there things that you had to work on or learn or hone, whether it was characterization, dialogue, plotting or setting? Certainly uh, editing, self-editing is a huge skill that, um, all authors should embrace. Um, I was very lucky that the first agent I had was very much an editorial agent, meaning she came from editing, uh, from, uh, professional publishing and was, would, would take 50 pages and do a line edit and then be like, you've learned from this. Don't come back to me until the rest of the book is done like this. Um, that, that just like, oh, grammar, punctuation, and, um, you know, all of the stuff that you take for granted, cause you're like, I just want to tell a story. Um, all of the stuff that, that might limit you from being seen as a professional, that, that was a huge deal. Um, and I, you know, I'm included, you know, strong, uh, I'm looking at the shelf, um, uh, the essentials of style. Um, there are a couple other books that are, you know, that every author should, read through at least one be like, Oh yeah, if I'd have gone through an MFA program, they'd have hammered this into me. 
Sure. Um, so beyond, what? Beyond that, um, I, I, I felt fairly lucky. I mean, obviously, one of the uh, way authors are, you know, the, the, one of the notes that a lot of authors uh, starting out get is to make sure your characters all sound different. Um, and uh, having come from an acting uh, point of view and a screenwriting point of view, one of the ways I look at a book when I do that, um, maybe not even in the first draft, but when I go back through is I try to break down each character as an actor might, if they were reading a screenplay for the first time and, and to, to give, to make sure that each one had clues that an actor would say, Oh, not only do I want to play this, but I can see a couple mannerisms and I can, uh, I can kind of get their whole, their whole game of who they are. If uh, just by these few actions, uh, so I try to go through and make sure that everyone speaks differently and everyone uh, feels differently and, and that they feel like real people. Sure. So what writing advice would you offer for listeners who are writing their own stories or novels or even screenplays? Uh, I would definitely say do yourself the favor and never reject yourself. I mean, unless you're writing, you know, Mein Kampf, go, go out and, and, uh, show it to people um, when you're ready. Go ahead and uh, let the world turn you down rather than turning yourself down. Um, because I think uh, definitely as a screenwriter, I definitely kind of walked that line of like, oh, I don't want to show it to them yet. you know. But at some point, that's the whole point is you're going to share your writing and someone else has to take it. So uh, don't limit yourself by um, saying no to yourself. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously be a good judge and, and be realistic. Um, and then when people do give you the, the, the gift of notes, uh, that is people you trust when you go to met you find these mentors, uh, established authors who, who will agree to beta read, listen to their notes. Uh, even if they hurt you, you know, like if, if seven out of 10 people say something, it's a great note. That's good advice. So are you working on another novel now? Well, my wife and I uh, just welcomed our first child into the world uh, about four months ago. So, yes, I'm working on a, the next uh, Caitlin Bergman project as well as a uh, standalone thriller. But the amount of work I accomplish is, uh, well, it's relative. Um, let's just say I'm really enjoying being a father right now. That's great. So what novels or nonfiction books have you read uh, recently that you enjoyed? Novels or nonfiction? Um, yes. Right now, I literally have to either look at my bookshelf or um, uh, I've re I'm reading, beta reading, um, a, uh, a standalone novel by Edwin Hill, who is a great uh, thriller crime fiction author. Um, I'm reading uh, Black Top Wasteland by S.A. Cosby. Uh, I one of a nonfiction book that I tend to uh, pick up more than once is uh, Six Drinks That Changed the World. Um, and I'm forgetting the author's name. Um, but, uh, I've got a stack of, um, you know, your reading list changes once, um, publication happens because you meet all of these other authors. And so I have crime fiction. I'm, um, uh, James Ziskin, uh, one of his, uh, Ella Stone, uh, mysteries. I'm, I've got one of those on the stack. Um, it's a mix. And then if I'm, um, trying to sort of clear myself before, or uh, between projects, I will pick up something classic like a Ross McDonald um, and uh, and try to just kind of um, kind of recenter myself. Um, I, I went well, this year. I read uh, uh, The Kill Club by Wendy Hurd, the personal favorite of mine. Um, Rachel Hazel Hall's uh, 
and then there were none. And uh, yeah, so I I've got a list. Believe me, <laughs> check out Facebook. Well, where can people, people where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novels? The best way to find me is augustnorman.com. Uh, that will link to my social media profiles. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram, not so much Twitter. I'm not great at it. And I'll be the first to admit that. But uh, the best way to find out about what's going on with my stuff, as well as to sign up for giveaways and things like that, would be to join my email list at augustnorman.com. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with August Norman, author of the new novel, Sins of the Mother. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And August, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Great. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.